We're gonna make a podcast about Death Note and I'll get my friends to watch it on TV. I already showed them a couple shows so they have trusted me. Maybe, kinda. Hello, good evening, good morning, good whatever it is, wherever you are. And welcome back to Sudden But Inevitable, the single season television show rewatch podcast starring me, your host, Captain Bootscoot, a.k.a. Vanilla Husband, a.k.a. Jesse. And of course, this season, season four of Sudden But Inevitable, we are watching Death Note. And when I say we, the first part of that pronoun belongs to me, and the second part belongs to my very longtime friend and co-host, Josh. Josh, welcome back to Sudden But Inevitable. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing great. I just wanted to let you know, I talked to my mom on Mother's Day, because, duh, it was Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms. And she made a point to tell me how much she laughs every time you call yourself the vanilla husband. I don't want to go into details about why, but like... (laughs) Yeah. No, she, your mom probably gives me quite a uh, a zinging when she hears that. (laughs) Really quickly, I did have an instance this week of having to tell somebody at work my password for one of my workstations. And I texted them and said, my password is one vanilla husband exclamation point. (laughs) And like five minutes went by. And then I got a text back that went, everything looks good. Great password, by the way. (laughs) And I was like, I'm not going to. Just went, thanks. Appreciate it. I did change my password because it was one of those like, well, now if I if somebody told me that that was their password, I would tell everyone that I know. And now it's one Captain Bootscoot exclamation point. (laughs) No, I can't use the same password uh, (laughs) three times in a row. Like I have to rotate longer than that. Um, I would tell you what it is right now because it's really clever, but I'm going to wait because I don't want to have to change it again right away. So uh, but really quickly. Let's say hello to everybody in our live chat. That includes Rona. That includes Kayliz. That includes Rosie. Hello, ladies. Thank you so much for being here with us at the various times of day or evening. As I said, whatever it is, wherever you are, thank you for being here with us in the live chat. Now, Josh isn't the only person that I'm bringing through Death Note two episodes at a time this season of Sudden But Inevitable. Oh, hello to our friend Brittany as well. We are also bringing my friend Ricky D through the show. Ricky D, welcome back to Sudden But Inevitable. How are you doing this week? I'm doing pretty good. It's been a long week. I'm ready for some weekend. So uh, Mm -hmm. let's let's get this over with, I guess. Whoa. (laughs) Play that weekend song, Josh. Everybody's working for the weekend. Oh, no, I meant that song by the artist The Weeknd. Oh. But, wow. Okay. Way I was just going to gonna uh... say, no, 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 weekend. That's the only thing I came up with. All right. This is a professional podcast, in case you can't tell. Ladies, gentlemen, and thempers listening out there in podcast land or here with us in the live chat. Now, of course, I would be remiss if I was just going to say, let's. Bring these three white guys through a show, right? I mean, we're basically doing that anyway, but we're trying to change that up a little bit by bringing on guests that are not a white guy. So please join me in welcoming back to the show, longtime friend, huge ally of Sudden But Inevitable, and Death Note superfan, Miss Callie D. Callie D, welcome back to Sudden But Inevitable. How has your week been? Hi there. Um, My week has... It's been a week. Um, I'm alive and kicking though, and I'm very happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me back again so soon. How are you guys? Oh, happy to do it. Uh, I would like to speak for all of us and say, oh, we're pretty good. 
Yeah. Uh, We're here. Yes. That's We're the thing about, about an independent podcast, right? Is that it's full of real people. So <laughs> we all had a bunch of real life stuff happen all week, but nobody wants to hear about that. They want to hear about Death Note. And that's good because I'm here to talk about Death Note with you, my Death Note friends. Now, of course, if you've never been here to Sudden But Inevitable before, then you don't know that our format involves bringing first-timers through a series, people who have never seen a show before. I'm going to say really quickly hello to our friend Sean in the live chat. He said, I'm just here to say hi and wish Callie the best, as she is the best. Wow, way to Thank you. imply that the rest of us suck. Sean, That's I appreciate Sean. that. Yeah, uh, go ahead and just unfollow you on chat. Facebook. Yeah, ban, Jeez. cancel, unsubscribe. Um Hello, Robert. Welcome to the show. And he also says, hi, Kelly. I'm just glad to have folks in our live chat. I don't care who you're here to see because we're all going to talk. Now, as I was saying, we are bringing Ricky and Josh through Death Note for their first time. They've never seen it before. They have seen anime before, but they're anime resistant folks in general. Ricky D in particular is sort of like the kind of person that you have to push through an anime episode by episode. But fortunately, that's pretty similar to what our format is. So... Tonight, we are here to talk about episodes 9 and 10. Josh, do you have the titles for those in front of you? Yes, it's going to be Encounter and Doubt. Now, of course, episode titles for this series are usually somewhat specific yet vague, if that makes sense, right? So it's just like a word, and it doesn't make sense until you see the episode and you go, oh, that word applies here. So, for example, the episode Overcast, you're like, that's okay, whatever, but then that whole episode has clouds in it, and then it starts to snow at the end, and you go, oh, it's overcast. <laughs> I get it. So, that having been said, right, uh, this first episode, episode nine, is called Encounter. So, it basically opens with Light acting like a drug dealer with apples to Ryuk. Um, I love... Ryuk threatening to kill Light over apples. Um, I will write your name I in my book if you don't give me apples right now. That's a good way to start the episode, right? Like, it's a little bit of an icebreaker. It's kind uh -huh. of funny. It's a nice, like, okay, remember Death Note? Here's how everything works here. Um, I will say, for those of you listening or watching who have never met Callie D before, Callie D is a Death Note super fan. This is like her home anime series. This is the anime series that she started with that she got really into anime with. So if I could, Callie, I'm going to ask you, why episodes 9 and 10, without getting too you know specific, when we were scheduling our episodes out, what made you pick out episodes 9 and 10? I have a feeling I know what you're going to say, but please go ahead and explain it for yourself. Well, without going into specifics, basically because I love the encounter in this episode. It's just, I don't, I mean, you know, my man L, um, who's my panda, and then Light, and it's just, uh, I love them, and I love the dynamic, and yeah, it's just the best episode ever. Right as L <laughs> starts to suspect that Light isn't suspicious enough, he is almost <laughs> too clean. He counters with something. Uh, Ricky, how are you feeling going into episode nine? I know that episode eight didn't really have quite the resolution of an episode seven, for example, where he kills Ray Pember's ex, but you I remember you saying that pacing last week was a thing you were kind of like, eh, you were I think you said you started complaining at the episode <laughs> by the end of our 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 talk. How are you feeling going into episode nine? I like that we got to see the Shinigami 
overworld again. You know, we're getting to see a little bit more. I like seeing world building parts of this. Uh, there are, I'm still kind of dragging my feet and kind of pointing out things that I'm like, man, I don't care how smart this high school kid is. He doesn't run a branch of the FBI. It, it doesn't. <laughs> that's, ah. Uh. So there's still little things like that that are just kind of picking at me. But I also have a lot of things that I'm looking forward to. I appreciate that. And I, I think that for me, probably for anybody, I think the first time that you watch through, there are some things that you bump on where you're like, okay, this is wacky. <laughs> like, it's a little bit wacky and a little bit goofy, right? But it is self-serious enough, I think, and I think the characterizations are real is realistic enough, just, you know, outside of like Ryuk, et cetera. But like, the characters feel real enough to where it's like, okay, that's the compelling part of this story, right? Is the characters, which is probably true for a lot of really good stories. It's not necessarily always about the plot. Uh, we do have, this episode contains, I think, the single longest L monologue that we've gotten up to this point, where he's just, here's what I think, here's what that leads me to think. If I think that, then I should do this. You know, it's it's very contemplative, um, but to the point of the name Encounter, I'll ask you, Josh, what did you think when L leaned over and said to Light, hey, I have something to tell you? What did you think he was going to tell him? <laughs> I, just, I really didn't think he was just going to be like, I'm L. Yo, what up? Hey, just I got, I got a secret. I'm L. Like, it was very abrupt, but... At the same time, it, it, I was thinking this is totally something he would do. Like, desperate times call for desperate measures. And he's kind of desperate to get a lead, I guess, and get more of a lead than just, I, th I think this is someone. So even if it's a 1% chance, he's going to investigate that lead to see how far it gets. And I think by the end of this episode, he goes from 1% to 7% thinking that light is kira and which uh, that has to be like on a curve or something right because he, this whole episode he should be like okay it's at like 53 percent that it's him <laughs> like, <laughs> well i mean not Dude, really light's think? really good at covering his tracks he's like really good at kind of playing the same game you know they're they're both playing chess right now and he's countering every single move and he's doing it really well. Okay. Let's throw this out there, okay? Tennis is the lamest sport. Like nobody who has ever played tennis is cool. Nobody cares about tennis. I think these are all true <coughs> statements. <coughs> oh, I'm sorry. Did you have something to say, Ricky D? Uh, where would racquetball rank on that? I'm pretty sure I remember you playing a lot of racquetball. <laughs> racquetball is significantly faster paced and more dangerous than tennis, if that's what you're asking. Why? <laughs> uh, just uh, just wondering. I like watching Wait. tennis. I will watch tennis, but I'm the kind of guy that will watch bowling and competitive pool. So, like, I'll watch tennis if it's on. You're on the record for opening Netflix, picking a thing, and hitting go. Like, <laughs> I'm not... Josh I'm not... Is the only person that's used the Netflix shuffle button. Seriously. I, probably. Like, Netflix has a shuffle button? Is that yeah. bad? <laughs> is that bad? I like to what? think that I'm going into something completely new and, like, checking no. out something I... That's like when you ask somebody, hey, what's your favorite kind of music? And they go, I like everything. 
No. Like, no, that's totally different. That's totally different. Okay, I will maybe grant you that it might be different, but I'm not trying to say that you have bad taste. I'm trying to say that you have a low standard barrier for yes. No, you have a low barrier for entry into things. You're like, oh, I don't sure. need to know much about it. I don't need to have more than like a passing interest in it to give it a shot. Well, that's been me my whole life. I've picked up albums based on the name of the band or the album art or something like that. Like I've I've done that since I was a kid. So it just makes sense that I would go on Netflix and be like, I did it the other day. <laughs> I just went and browsed all my streaming services and found something that, you know, looked interesting that I hadn't seen before. So, I, I'm Again, I'm not knocking it. I think it's a wonderful practice. It's just not something I can personally partake in. Um, I think Ricky D agrees with me. Ricky is much more of a, like, I will either watch something I am excited to watch or something I have seen that I know I like mm, sort yep. of a person. That's um, fine. I'll just what are you? I'll just start a new podcast called uh, <laughs> Twist My Arm Shuffle. Twist My Arm Shuffle. Something on Shuffle and watch it. <laughs> Thanks, Rona. At least I'm not the only one. Tennis is intense, and, man. And Rosie says Josh is open to new things. So, okay, for anybody that didn't pick that up, Ricky D played a little bit of tennis back <laughs> in his day. I could not help myself, Ricky D. When you saw the tennis in this, were you like, okay, or were you like, yeah, tennis? I was like, yeah, tennis. Yeah. Yeah, yeah tennis. tennis. Yeah. Why not? That was a good time. Yeah. A little bit of tennis. Fun. I was ready for some anime we'll tennis. They made it look very cool, though. <laughs> well, okay. A couple of things. This, I, I, the first thing that I picked up, I think the first time I watched this was, Elle says I was the British Junior Championship or the British Junior Open Championship of some kind. Is he supposed to be British? He doesn't sound British to me. Or is it just that anybody could win that? It just takes place in He Britain. lived in London for like five years. That's true. It's good to... What does that say? Oh, that's the nice thing about badminton, less dangerous projectiles. Yeah. Um, we could probably get a game oh, yeah. of, of badminton going here. Those, at but those birdies really hurt if they hit you like in the face. Those paintball thingies hurt. If it's proper badminton, like, and you have, like, the light badminton as you sort of play on the beach, and then you have proper badminton, um, and I have played a badminton against a professional, and that, 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 that can be intense, too. Not quite tennis intense, but, yeah. Especially the noise that little birdie makes, and it just comes straight for your face. Oh, man. I have to say, Callie, this is America. We don't do anything properly here. Like... (laughs) Everything we do yes, is a little bit course, half-assed. Sorry. No, no, it's okay. It's a thing you'll get used to if you spend time with Americans or like listening to an American podcast. Uh, we, yeah, we're not all about preparation, etc. Um, you could poke an eye out with that thing. If anybody gets the those paintball thingies hurt reference and they tweet me that reference on Twitter, I will grant you some sort of cool surprise. <laughs> now, I have to say the. Or I have to ask, rather, the scene where they're giving their speeches to the student body, Light is definitely reading prepared remarks, right? Is Elle holding up a blank piece of paper, or is it just animated that way because they didn't want to write anything, or is it that is it meant to indicate that he's literally making it up as he goes along? Also, does this kid, like, eat weird, too? Like, does he <laughs> hold his fork funny? And like, we've, <laughs> we've seen him stir st- strangely. I, it's true. Oh, man. The paper thing it throws me off. 
But so so let's start with you, Callie. Was there anything written on the paper that Elle was reading, or was he improvising that entirely? Um, honestly, I'm assuming that it was that it was supposed to be like a prepared speech that they were both supposed to read because um, I mean the way the way the anime is set up, like they have the exam and then they go straight from the exam to the university opening ceremony and um there it's just said those are the two that had a hundred percent so i'm not sure whether that's you know whether they've calculated that there would be time in there for them to prepare something so my assumption was just that it is a prepared speech and they just read it off and l was just i mean probably he would, could have been able to read it beforehand once and he was not off by heart but you know probably also like the barrier between him and everybody else so yeah have a shield i actually I love that you brought that up and I think it's funny that you gave that whole thing and then Rosie went, no, he's making it up. Um, <laughs> but I'll go with that. our friend Rosie is wonderfully opinionated as anyone who has experienced her on Twitter knows. And that is one of the things we love the most about Rosie. She is not afraid to say what she thinks about a thing. Now, uh, I like to think it was an old speech from when he actually graduated top in his class like he held on to the speech for years i like the idea that they that the university prepared it right like the university wrote the speech and they said whoever gets the highest score will read this so that that way we know what's in the speech we don't have to approve it that sort of a thing but i did like what you said about having l sort of hold it up in defense like it's a barrier between him and the rest of the class like that is a brilliant piece of imagery especially because it's like He's shielding himself from all these people, and then he sits down next to Light and goes, hey, it's me. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> that does look blank. Let's be besties. Honestly, that was just me projecting, though, because I, that's absolutely what I would do if I could. I would just, you know, go away from me. <laughs> but it's a, it's a valid point, I think. And it has the, I mean, L doesn't do anything by accident right everything that he does is by design and to create an image and a persona and that sort of a thing speaking of how about Hideki Ryuga I love that he mm. called this back right like Brilliant. we had this an episode or two ago where the little sister saw this guy on the tv and now he's like using that celebrity image to subsume other people's mental image of himself that's freaking brilliant that's like if i came on and i was like welcome back to sudden but inevitable i'm your host tom cruise and with me tonight is josh ricky and callie and if you guys called me tom all night people would be like okay what's the joke right like <laughs> but i liked how picturing he, tom cruise by the end of the night that's he for was, damn sure go he ahead he was smart about that though because he knew that you know light had to have some sort of face to go with a name so he was like, well, I don't like celebrities. I feel like this is something Ricky would do, take a beautiful celebrity and impersonate them. So if that person died, it wouldn't wouldn't really matter. Um, and that's exactly what Elle is doing here. Like, So if this celebrity dies, no skin off my back, It's but I'll know who did it. <laughs> right, but also uh, it will be his fault specifically. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but so. it goes back to what, or what Light said about L in the last episode, right? When he was like, wow, he'll really do whatever it takes to catch me, right? right. And we were like, wow, dude, way to be like, hello, pot, this is the kettle, <laughs> or the other way around. But then in this episode, we actually get an illustration of that, of him going, yeah, just call me this famous person, so that if you think of that, you know. But 
we get so much back and forth here. It's almost like they're having a conversation even in the moments where they aren't, right? So like Elle does a thing and then we get that colored uh, like black and white with a splash of color in the hair and time freezes. It has to be frozen. And Light thinks about like 14 possibilities and then yeah, he's goes a, on he's from there. He's a fast thinker because, I mean, every time he they would pan to him thinking i was like he's got to be doing this like really quick because if he's sitting here just thinking about his next move for this long someone's gonna get suspicious and that's someone especially his reactions yeah yeah and yeah i mean that's i think that's what anime does really well is showing those reactions by not actually showing the reactions like them focusing in on light's eyeball kind of twitching a little bit or getting just a little bit wider after l says that you know he's out like it's it's interesting it's interesting to see how how long that takes but in in actuality it's it's taking like a split second for him to think through all that my favorite part of that is when he goes is it safe to just ignore him like yeah <laughs> what if i just don't address this at all <laughs> like but like he knows just enough to where he's like, no, I think I have to take this seriously. Like this, this could be an actual issue here. Mm. And I got to say, so like for me, actually, let me ask this question really quick. Cause I, I do this every episode, but if there's anything from episode nine up until this point that we need to talk about specifically, I know that the, the tennis game that we talked about and that I gave Ricky a little bit of the business about was from the next episode, but I couldn't help myself. Is there anything from episode nine encounter where we have the speeches and L tells light who he is that you really want to talk about before I say the next thing, Josh, we'll start with you. Go ahead. There was a really interesting, you know, they do all those like mid credit things um, where, where they explain oh, the like bumpers. the death note and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I found this really interesting that a God of death cannot be killed, even if stabbed in his heart with a knife or shot in the head with a gun. However, there are ways to kill a God of death, which are not generally known to gods of death i really think that's interesting is light gonna find out how to kill a god of death um and is it like is that some sort of foreshadowing for that um or is this more foreshadowing for the god that came down from god mountain and decided to walk amongst the the humans i think that was this episode right that's the newest ride at uh, Disneyland, by the way. <laughs> um, he, it, it, yes, that is that is uh, part of this where where L is theorizing to himself. Okay, this this kid pictures himself as a god. He thinks, you know, I I'm handing out death and judgment and in this divine way. And yeah, to Ricky's point, we did have the Shinigami at the start going, "What's he doing?" And they called him a pet. They called Light yeah. a, a pet, and then. Yeah. One of them seemed to imply, no, Ryuk is the pet. Right. It was like a fun kind of back and forth, like who is possessing whom. And, th and then he was like, I'm going to go check this out. He's like, I'm going to go see what's going on here. Whomstative. And I'm I'm curious to see what happens with that god of death. Obviously, Ryuk is, is a mainstay. He's going to be in for you know pretty much the entirety of the season, I would assume. Um, but other characters around him, other gods around him, I, I feel like are subject to possibly getting offed and i'm very interested to see how they do it 
because with that bumper it was saying you know gods of death can be killed but they don't even know how they can be killed so is light gonna figure that out well and here's a question because usually at the top of that screen and it may even say it at the top of that one it says death note how to use it yeah how to use which which made me think like oh these are the the rules written at the front right but it's like they wouldn't write also, gods of death can die, but they don't know that in their own book. Right. Right? So like, I would this think... must just be, I it must be some sort of like outside narrator. Go ahead, Callie D. Well, just because you're asking outside narrator, um, as coincidence would have it, I have a dish of death mode. Oh, whoa. <laughs> uh, everybody hide your names really quickly so that she Shit. Oh, it's too late. I already book. know it all. Okay, hide your faces have... really quickly so that she can, yeah, there we go. Okay, go ahead, Callie. Yeah, so I'm, I'm yeah, yeah, I don't have a pen, I'm sorry. This... Oh, thank God. <laughs> um, oh, okay, I think we're safe. I think we can Since you were back. asking, there actually are the rules in the front, as you were saying, all of them. Oh. And the rule that was just shown about Shinigami um, actually is in the front of this book, so... At least in my edition, doesn't have to be in um, lights, but in my edition, it is actually in the front. Now, is that an official like replica of the Death Note from the anime, or did it actually fall out of the sky <laughs> while you were in high school? Yeah, one day, yeah. and you picked it, it up. Could be off either, the but interesting. <laughs> is that you right there, man? You crazy, Kelly. That... <laughs> so I think that's. It looks like a direct transposition from how L writes it in the show. So it looks to be a. Reproduction tier. To answer your question there, Josh, I know you were nervous, which I fully understand. I was nervous too. I was like, whoa. Although I do have to say, I have seen it often enough that I may be able to write that in that writing. Just. Oh, wow. Well, hopefully, you don't meet anybody named Lind anytime soon. We watch her. Is she buying a lot of apples over there? Because, like, if she's buying a lot of (laughs) apples, I'm going to be pretty suspect. Well, the point is, like I said, we are safe because we have now lived through that whole ordeal. (laughs) <laughs> uh, Ricky D, did you have anything from episode nine encounter that you felt you must bring up before we get to uh, our 10th episode full of tennis? Yeah, this uh, one of the things that I think is kind of weird about this show is they set up a very a fairly large premise, like all of the cameras that are going to be in L's house. And he's going to be under constant surveillance. And he's going to have to figure out how to deal with the surveillance and still kill people and not get caught. And then an episode or two later, it's totally just not an issue anymore. And they set up these like terribly, all these hoops that the characters have to jump through. And then a few minutes later, we just go, Oh, nah, never mind. Uh, That's a little bit bothersome to me. I think I, I, you know, I understand that some of the consequences do go away as the storyline unfolds, but that's huge. And it's just, uh, yeah, makes me feel grungy. I can understand that entirely. It is a rising, falling uh, tension um, pattern that at times feels a little artificial or maybe over-contrived. I think we talked about that in the first couple of episodes. Um, Now, the only thing that I can bring up to counter that would be that if L really sees as many steps ahead as we think he does, then taking the cameras and wiretaps out is going to be part of his plan, right? Because he's like, now I need to create this sense of perception for my suspect. And then I need to go forward from there. Um, So as someone whose wife 
watches a lot of police procedurals and who <laughs> therefore has watched a lot of police procedurals themselves. I hope you have I a bad boys of clip. Bad boys, bad boys. Ten, no, I'm thinking more like Criminal Minds oh, or okay. SVU, Law and Order SVU, that sort of thing. Um, I have never seen a single episode of Law and Order. Uh, any Law and Order or any Law and Order SVU? Any of them. Oh, yeah. You would probably I, like Law and Order. Yeah. It's not bad. Yeah. It's not bad. And there's a lot of it to watch. Yeah. But so uh, I think Criminal Minds in particular is about FBI profilers and it's highly fictionalized, right? Um, but part of one of the thi- one of the recurring elements of that show is that suspects will frequently try to insert themselves into an investigation. So the first time I saw this where he's like, oh, he's going to try and become part of the investigative team. And he's like, well, what if I joined you and became part of the investigative team? I was like, this is so BS. Like, this would never happen. And then I watched like 40 instances in a couple of weeks of that happening on Criminal Minds. It is a well-documented trait of actual criminals. And I think in particular uh, serial killers, because a lot of them have like narcissistic tendencies, for example, which is another thing that Light has. So it seems to be some of the things that feel contrived may not actually be as contrived as they look at first glance i'm not here to say your criticisms are are invalid because they're not and your experience is totally valid but that's i think part of why i brought you because i was like he'll look at this with his arms crossed and we need that people here with us because otherwise we'll just gush about it so uh anything else ricky or should we go back to mr josh uh i just want to make sure light and l are approximately the same age right it seems that way. Uh, L did say, in particular, in one of these two episodes, when I was his age, I did a thing. Um, I feel like he's probably more but, our age, like 30, something like that, late 20s. But aren't they 30s. both graduating high school in this episode? No, no, no. There was, it was a ploy. Like, uh, L did this to get close to light. He, oh, he made man. this happen to where he could I 21 Kita Street. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gotcha. And, and because he did that, this is my next point, is the... This is the first time we see Light lose his cool. At the very end of this episode, he freaks out. And if there's any sort of recording equipment in that room, which, I mean, at this point, we don't necessarily know. They took all the cameras out, yes, but microphones in the sci-fi world can be very tiny. Um, yeah. And so it's it was very interesting to see him really, really lose his cool. Like, he is so... I like to think he's really scared now that... L is on his tail and he's like shit how do I how do I figure this out he's like he's got me dead to rights right now and I have no idea what I'm gonna do and he's like he's losing it but despite that his pure narcissism allows him to like twist that moment into wait a minute this is a huge advantage for me this is totally exactly what I need it to be like Dude, you're crazy. Like, you're, yeah. you're going crazy, man. Yeah. Come on. Like, admit it. You're going a little bit crazy. Stop being crazy. You know how I know you're crazy? Because the Shinigami, the god of death in your room, is kind of like not appreciating your vibe right now. Because <laughs> like, he thinks you're crazy. Whoa. <laughs> He's also mad at yeah, you like, for not giving him apples. Like, and, and But he, like, shuts him way down. He's like, dude, just do the ideal and kill it. He's like, are you an idiot? Like, yeah. why are you so stupid? Like, shut up. Don't. So and he's like, here, eat another Whoa. apple core, jerk. Yeah. Like, oh man, and what a, mm, that's like, I felt like that was kind of degrading. Don't forget to eat your core. 
Well, <laughs> uh, really quickly to Robert's point from Science Fiction Remnant. Um, no, Bad Boys doesn't count. That's why I had to adjust <laughs> Josh's expectations big time. Uh, Callie, was there anything from this first episode in particular that you'd like to discuss before we get to uh, our second episode? Yes. Um, actually, just because the question came up about the ages, um, it doesn't specifically get said officially in the anime, but I do happen to know the ages. Um, so light at this point is about 1718. So just you know, high school graduation age, and L is supposed to be about 24, actually. Wow, okay. So he's a little bit, little bit older. Hmm? Yeah. So but he's older, skinny. But not... So, yeah. It's that's... like, he could be younger, you don't know. He looks exactly <laughs> um... like I did when I was 24. Just pale. Did. Dark circles <laughs> under his <Damn>. eyes. Is. <laughs> he is. Currently. Current. You're right. Do. You're right. <laughs> what are the other transitive verbs for how Josh am? <laughs> B. Um, yeah, I think I. Oh, yeah. No, that's good. To to is or am to was. I do. I do Josh, relate with I L. I feel like he's just an emo kid in disguise. You know, I mean, yeah. look at that hair. It's wonderful. He just needs like one little blonde streak in it, and he could sing for My Chemical Romance. I was gonna say, you know, he's got a little white earbud in his long sweater sleeve that goes up to his ear, so that when he's sitting on his desk like this, nobody How? can tell he's listening to music. Man, you know me so well. <laughs> Like that's just what you people do. I don't mean to put it that way. I did those bad. I did that for years. I did that for so long. It was the only way to do it without getting caught, if I may. It was. Um, I thought I was so smart. (laughs) I appreciate Callie bringing the details that the rest of us are like. There's no way to know. Okay, (laughs) like it can't be done. Like I told you, we're an American podcast. All right, we do a certain level of preparation and then we stop and we just go. Now, speaking of, we do have an instance. Ricky, I know that up to now you have made more than one suggestion that you're pretty sure that if he had to, light would just kill somebody. Yeah. And at the very end of this first episode, he says to Ryuk, and then I'll kill him with my hands if I have to. And he's smiling the whole time he does it. And it's like, all right, he's gone. All right. Yeah, this guy has some issues <laughs> for sure. Off the deep end, he's done. Yeah. There's no he's coming back snap, from that. No. Right? Yeah. So, I gotta ask you: Was this the moment? Was this was this encounter what made him gone? Is this the Rubicon of the Death Note? Is this the point of no return? Or has that already taken place? And if it has, when would you say oh, it happened? Let's start with Josh. That took place when he killed the girl. When he made her commit suicide i feel like i mean for me i feel like he really turned into the villain when he decided that he needed to kill the fiance okay ricky d what about you i'd say when he rolled out this grand plan to start killing all of the bad people in society he was already going down a flawed path and he was you know he was destined to get to this point just because he chose he can't be as altruistic as he intends to be. We know there's going to be a problem. So I figure as soon as he starts heading down that path, that's kind of the dark path that he's going. I think it's that second episode, I think. Probably. <laughs> second episode of Rubicon. Callie, what do you have? Are you are you on board with Ricky D? Um, not quite. I mean, you know, I can I can sort of see the whole, you know, I think I have a solution to solve our world's problems, so I'm gonna do this thing. 
For me, it was the point that he wrote down what he thought was Elle's name. Because up, up until that point, you know, he had this set of rules where he was like, I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to get rid of evil people. You know, be that good or false, that be the one thing. But um, he wrote in Elle's name, but not because Elle was against him. It was at the point that Elle criticized him and said, you are wrong. So it was, that was for me kind of the point where it was like, okay, so this isn't about, um, you know, doing the right thing. This is literally you being in control, and if somebody is opposing you, then they're going to. So that for me, that was that was the turning point. I think Ricky D has uh, adjusted his answer to fit it with yours. If I'm not mistaken, I saw some nodding going on. Oh, that, uh, I think that's that some good. I I uh, definitely agree. Uh, when he decided to kill who he thought was L, that's a very yeah. I like that point. I see that. Yeah. Does he doing this Go for ahead, the greater Josh. good though? The greater good. good. He says so. Well, it, so it, it's but the problem is that he deems it to be the greater good. There was no that's true. like that's true. He didn't go downstairs and he's like, "All right, family, here's the deal." <laughs> and they went, "What if we killed criminals together as a family?" It was like, "No, this like I'm gonna decide like how it would go." That actually sounds like a Netflix original series that would get canceled after three weeks. Probably. So um, let's go ahead and move into episode ten, which is doubt the the tennis episode, right? Uh, the paranoia really ramps up, though, in the first couple of minutes of, of this episode. Light isn't really even sure how to have a normal conversation with L now that there are stakes, right? Like, he's like, do I just answer questions? Do I just talk to him normal? Like, what do I do? It's so weird. And it it is, I think, an extension of the last episode having been the first time we see him lose control. This is the first time he's unsure about what to do. But... As he is wont to do, L just seems, you know, aloof and uncaring, like a total troll. He's like, oh, yeah, you know, whoever gets first point wins, man. Don't worry about it. Um, Thanks for coming, Robert. It's good to see you. Thank you for being here with us, Robert. It is late in Florida, man. Mm -hmm. It is almost midnight there. Mm -hmm. Wow, get, friend. But thank you for being here, as always. Go check out Science Fiction Remnant. Season 2 is starting soon. Hashtag this is sci-fi, at sci-fi remnant on Twitter. I have to say, I think that... The tennis game is, there's been more than one thing in this show that are cheesy, right? So we have Light writing really dramatically in a notebook. We have Light taking a potato chip and hitting it. Like, and then we have a tennis game. And now I will defer here to my friend Richard D. Because he is a tennis expert, as I mentioned before. Richard D., how did you feel about the animation of this tennis match? Did you think, oh, typical anime? Did you enjoy the way it was animated? What did you think about some of the freeze framing, et cetera, et cetera? What are your thoughts, my friend? Uh, it was definitely, it was cool. I liked it. I didn't have any real issues with it. it. I would agree it's definitely cheesy, but I don't think it was meant not to be cheesy. It was kind of meant to just kind of exist in this weird world. Uh, I also noticed that... Light or sorry, L is not dressed very well for a game of tennis. He's wearing yeah. jeans, he's wearing flip flop sandals, and maybe a straight jacket. I can't quite tell. It's, <laughs> it's a weird, baggy looking jacket, but it's not again, good emo for kid. Emo kid. It's not a t- yeah. Josh, is your shirt long sleeve right now? Y- yeah. Like, is it? Yeah. Yeah. It's he's like it's in a warm basement. That's long sleeve. Right, but he's in a warm basement, like in a close environment with a light on him and a long sleeve shirt. Like my basement is actually really cold. 
it's kind of nice. My 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 you, you emo kids are just cold, is what I'm trying to say. Yes, you Indeed. guys cold and pale blood or something. Also, yeah. isn't it the same clothes he's wearing the whole time? Like, does he at any point wear different clothes? Probably not. I d- also not up to this kid. point. <laughs> yeah, just like this doesn't smell same bad yet. Band I'm keep wearing it. You know, I <laughs> yeah, I don't want to get too cathartic, but if you're gonna play that level of tennis and flip flops, you're gonna break an ankle. So you're just, gonna have a bad time. You're gonna have a bad time. So I just want, yeah, just you know, a PSA to put out there. You guys, don't follow this example of L. Put on some good tennis shoes. I'd like to take this moment to ask you guys if this is a relatable moment of the show. Josh, have you ever been uh, walking past, say, a tennis court or a basketball court or something, and seen two dudes just near pro going back and forth one on one? at that sport and gone like, hey, other passers-by, come check this out. Because no. uh, I've never done that. No, I don't like, think I can say I have. Um, there was times at the rec center that people would go hard in the in the paint, <laughs> if you will, and people would watch. I don't know what that means. I'm sorry. It means play basketball like a pro. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, going hard in the paint. So... I don't go very hard in the paint. I would watch I from above. I wouldn't even watch from in the gym. I would watch from above in the track that would go around the basketball courts. You look hard place. at the paint. Yes, I would look very saying. hard at the paint. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Uh, I, I, the reason I ask, Ricky, is because I haven't seen a bunch of tennis. Um, and you're missing I out. know that tennis... Uh, and again, I don't mean to give tennis a a bad rap and I don't think it would matter if I did. It's a very popular sport the world over and you know, it's huge in many countries, including this one. So I don't think tennis needs uh, my favor or anything. Uh, But that doesn't mean that I don't like tennis. I just, I had to ask (laughs) now if you guys needed to see if, for example, I were Kira, um, what game would you challenge me to? Uh, Let's start with Josh. First of all, if you were Kira, I'm pretty sure we wouldn't know. But I would challenge you. Shit, I don't know, man. Probably to a uh, some sort of video game, some sort of, you know, it'd be like Brawlhalla, or uh, something like that. Smash Bros. I would say. Oh, I was gonna say City Skylines. No, that's, that's not, not a that's not a competitive <laughs> game. I don't know, maybe. <laughs> It would have to be something that you're good at, though, too. You know, that's why I say video games, because like you want to you want to make it competitive, because obviously L wanted to make it. he knew what light he obviously knew that Light had played tennis before, and was like, I want to see how competitive he is and see if he really, really, really wants to win, just like Kira. Right. So that's the key, though, is that the personality trait is that he's hooking that on is. Kira hates to lose. Yeah, so destiny. So I'd go destiny too. Is that <laughs> so? You're saying I have the same personality trait, and that's the same one you would use. Correct. <laughs> gotcha. Well, if we were playing destiny, Josh, I wouldn't lose to you. Ricky, did you have an answer Precisely. for that question? Precisely. Or... Uh, electronic battleship. <laughs> I think Ooh. you can learn a lot about your opponent in a good laid-out game of electronic battleship. See, Ricky's being smart about it. I'm just being an ass. Is that a a letter and number grid? Yeah. Yeah, you look like an H6 guy to me, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. C3. I mean... C3, I've I, always uh, got something on C3. Mine's always H8. Yeah. The hate. I got that hate spot. 
Wow, okay, I was kidding. You guys are nerds. <laughs> um, dang. <laughs> Does it go vertical or horizontal? <laughs> Depends on who uh, I'm playing against. Yeah, <laughs> see? <laughs> yeah, you can tell by a person's face if they're more likely to have placed their ships uh, long ways or sideways. <laughs> that I don't think is true at all. Uh, what did you guys think about the... Wait, hang on. I want to know what kind of game Callie would challenge you to. Oh, I figured she doesn't know me well enough. Doesn't to know matter. What game I, I want to know because L doesn't know Light right. well enough to know. Come on. Now. Okay. All right. But he knows he played tennis. All right. Go ahead. I was kind of going on assumption. So if if we're going by the the rules of the anime, that then of course we would be as smart as the two of them are. Um, in which case, I would probably go for like chess or shogi because you know can you can sort of find out a lot about them and um, about other people. With that, but not if we're at the intelligence level that we are now, because I, I am terrible at chess. I, so, I haven't played chess in years. What was the second game that you said? Uh, Shogi. Which... See, and I don't know what that game is, so maybe you could pick that and then win. But then you'd be like, oh, he's not Kira. He's an idiot. <laughs> well, I've, I've never played it either. I just know of it. Oh, um, you just know the name? I, I know the name, and I've seen animes where it is being used. Huh. Shogi looks very interesting. Is this the one you're talking about? Yeah. We call that scrap. I have also, <laughs> I've seen this. <laughs> so this Shogi, I believe, is basically chess. It's kind of chess-ish, chess and it was used because um, uh. you have, have sort of the war scenario as well, and it was actually used sort of for tactical training, and um, yeah. The uh, n- the word for a game that is like chess is actually chesk, which is <laughs> <laughs> the name of this episode. To say. Um, so, but yes, to your point, Callie, I have actually seen that exact game animated into several other anime. Now that I have a word to associate with it, I believe I know what you were talking about. Yes. Um, oh, they have a Star so Wars. As version. I was saying, huh, interesting, Josh. You know? oh, of course they do. All right, boot. <laughs> How do I cancel mute? Thank you for joining us. This has been Sudden But Inevitable. I cannot find the controls. Quest Me starts up on um, May 24th, by the way. So there, what, I, what, I, what I was saying was, what do you guys think of the fact that L has two very quick provocations here? And like for me, I was like, okay, this is going to throw light off. And it does, right? But then he gets like creepy normal. Like... So normal that even L is like, whoa, this guy's like kind of normal. What the F? <laughs> like, what's going on? What did you guys think about the scene in the coffee shop? Let's start with you, Callie. I would imagine that you have some thoughts on the scene in the coffee shop. I have many thoughts on the scene in the coffee shop. Um, oh, gosh, where to start? Well, one thing, I love the fact that we now have an explanation as to why L sits the way he sits. Or unofficial explanation well, at it's least it's kind of a weird explanation yeah is it like I a mean, blood the theory... flow thing yeah That's... so the, the, the theory is that um, he has less blood flowing to his legs and more blood flowing to his head so and you know that sort of because there's more blood flowing through his head and the circulation sort of gets going he has better deductive skills that's, that's the I only thing I could actually... think of I guess yeah that, that's a theory but I couldn't actually find any any science to back that up so, well, I would think field. you could argue that if you put your body in a spot where some of your larger muscles are like in a 
constant state of semi-flex, right? Like where he's crouched, he's got his legs up, that your body might be like, okay, we're in fight or flight mode all the time right now. Like we need to pay attention because they do zoom in on his pupils a lot and his pupils are huge, like very, very large. Most of his eye is pupil. And it, it seems to me that, that it is meant to suggest like, oh yeah, I drink a lot of caffeine. So I do this for circulation (laughs) and it like keeps me kind of like more actively paying attention and more engaged in a conversation is sort of my guess with it. But to your point, I also have no like evidence or hadn't heard anything about it. Ricky D, what do you got my friend? Well, I brought this up a couple of times, but a few weeks back, somebody in the chat said that L was supposed to be autistic or on the spectrum or something. So uh, that would make sense for him sitting this way just because it makes him comfortable and his brain is more, you know, he it's just, it's his comfort thing. He would be distracted if he was sitting like anybody else. And I would also say Callie, she made a point about him like holding that sheet of paper in front of him to kind of block out the audience so he doesn't have to deal with all these people staring at him. That would also be kind of an on the spectrum response to being in the spotlight. So I, I don't know a whole lot about this, so I don't want to keep pushing down this road, but whenever I see L doing something weird, I kind of try to attribute it to something that somebody on the spectrum would do and just kind of have a slightly different life experience. I mean, I think it's, I think it's a little more of, there's something else going on. Cause look, I'm not gonna lie to you. Like I sit right now, I'm sitting cross-legged on my chair. A lot of times I sit with my knee up on my chair. Like I do it all the time when I'm sitting, reading a book on, on my couch, I'm sitting cross-legged or with my knees up or something like that. It's, I think it's just a, a comfortable thing. And for him, he just thinks that, you know, he's getting more thought doing it that way. And he's been so used to it since he was, you know, probably a kid that he, that's just the way he does it. Okay. So keep in mind, nobody has ever seen this person until like last week. Uh, yep. That's very true. Like he was entirely anonymous. He was just in a room talking through a computer. Like, he had no reason to adhere to social norms, let alone really know what most of them and are. And that goes back to like right? him doing this stuff for so long, no one's really ever said anything right. different. I mean, the, now, how rude was it that Light was like, look, we're in the back corner where no one can hear us and no one can see the funny way you sit. Like, what a jerk. Which is like, it's, an, it's a, an attack designed to do a specific thing. Right. But- I think to that point, though, Ricky, and I believe it was um, the host of Blokebusters that brought that up, if I'm not mistaken. Um, And I believe he was saying that L is just sort of coded that way or he can be understood that way. It's not necessarily like a I don't necessarily think it's like a mandate from the writers, but um, the social norms thing is is real. Like he he really does seem to take power in the flaunting of some some of those social norms right like when people show up at his place he's like putting 15 cubes of sugar in his coffee and he's like i know this is what you're paying attention to but i'm actually telling you something and you need to listen to me right like um he knows that it's not normal for grown people to just eat ice cream at their detective jobs but he's like this is how i process information and i know you don't want to be left out so whatever like he's done a lot of things that don't really code as like here's how a regular 24 year old person would act you know to that point um callie what do you got uh just because of the the comfort thing so the 
Circulation theory was something that I had read online. I believe that was something that the creators had at one point mentioned, but I could be wrong there. But I would actually, the comfort theory, I would actually be able to, I would be on board with that, on board with that a lot more. Because, um, so if he's not comfortable or if he's, you know, has this thing in his head, like I would rather be sitting differently right now. I could imagine that distracting him a lot more and therefore, you know, re literally reducing his um, deductive skills by 40%. That's something that I could really work with quite well. So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with that. I like that. Well, and here's a piece of animation that I kind of didn't like until this watch through, which is the constant um, rubbing of the toes. He's rubbing his toes together. Oh, yeah. like, like a normal person would twiddle their thumbs, right? Like he's kind of twiddling his toes almost in like a simian, like chimpanzee kind of way. It's like he's using so much more brain power that like his body is more activated than a regular body or something. Um, but I, I just really like that he is so different. He really is different. And I think that is part of what makes him difficult to read even as a viewer let alone if you are light trying to figure out how much of this is a threat how much of this is something i can safely ignore like we said earlier like how seriously do i need to take these crazy things and he's totally got me like he admitted in the last episode he got me i'm off guard like i don't know what to do but then we i, I have to ask josh when we get this phone call and we find out that Light's dad has had a heart attack. What was your first thought? Someone else has a death note. And I still think someone else has a death note. But I'm just trying to figure out, can you write someone's name in a death note without them dying? What do you like, mean? Can you write someone's name to be like, have a heart oh, attack? Oh, is it possible to survive but don't having die your name for written? another three oh. years or something like that? Oh. Holy crap. That's a good, like, can you, can you cause enough damage that it would kill them in the future right. from like some secondary effect? Right, right. Or That's brilliant, I'm, Josh. I'm wondering for maybe, um, cause no, we, we, if we have the whole description scenario that you can do, whoever he would be, whoever somebody would be able to write down. So he has a, a heart, a heart attack scare and then followed later by whatever right. else happens. Right. Right. And you could write 15 years later. Right. Like, because then you wouldn't have to specify where mm. or like you know anything other than. And then, fifteen years later, there was a heart attack, right? Like, and so in the back of my head, I'm, that's I'm still kind of thinking that that this is kind of like a warning, maybe. Um, also, the god did come down from from God Mountain in the last episode. Did he happen to drop? Well, a he book? said he was going to go watch. Yeah, but did I mean, he maybe drop a book? I mean, I'm just going in a bunch of like directions. Oh, but, like, gotcha. I got Again, you. I still think it's it's kind of a a ploy that someone else might be watching, a higher <laughs> power might be watching, um, and kind of giving light a bit of a warning or something like that. Um, that was my immediate reaction. I was like, "Oh, he had a heart attack. Of course he did. I wonder who wrote his name in the book." Like that's that was my instant reaction. Ricky D, what about you? What did you think when we found out his dad had a heart attack? Uh, my first thought was definitely that Lighthead killed his dad. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, I that's Damn. that was my immediate thought. And I, was, and I do believe he's capable of it. Uh, that's something I was just like, well, I, I think he's capable of killing his father if it gets him further down this path. Uh, and then when we find out it was just a heart attack that he's recovering from, that that point I'm just like, well, this is just a coincidence then. And now what you guys are talking about 
I'm sitting here going, I have no idea. I, I'm really not sure. <laughs> I love this. Now, I have to ask, Ricky, does that make you more intrigued? Because every time Josh comes up with a thing where he's like, maybe this is what's happening, you're like, oh, I had not even considered that as a possibility. The first time I think that Josh did that was he said, I think L is light from the future. Like which, having traveled back in time to confront himself, I, Ricky was like, "Hell yeah!" I don't think I agree with that. Anymore. No, oh, I'm still no. walking with that theory. I'm very interested in that one. Josh is like, I, away from that. I have a lot of strong opinions, but I hold them very loosely. <laughs> That's, I mean, it's it's very true. I'm, I, I like to go from all sorts of different angles. So, you know, I, I I bring up a bunch of different theories and then take them out one by one as the series goes on. I, it's the best way to watch TV, <laughs> I think. So I will ask you guys on the screen with me one more time. Is there anything from episode 10 that you feel like I have blown right past? I'm sure there's plenty that you want to talk about. Let's start with Callie. Um, probably just back to the cafe scene um, with the whole picture scenario and where, where Alice um, giving like these three pictures and kind of like, so what do you think of this? Um, I, I really like that because you know because you know with the with the way that the pictures were numbered um if lights hadn't been kira then i think that would have been something that he would have asked would kind of like so is it all those pictures or is there something missing in this um so that was a really good way to sort of trap light a little bit and just showed me once again that i i would I could not do this. I would just be so stressed the whole time. Like, how do I act normally? What would I say if I weren't who I am right now? And going through all the scenarios and then bringing something across believably, I, I just couldn't. I just, yeah. Well, and that's a really great point because Light specifically gets L to go, okay, this doesn't feel like an act. Like... I think he's genuinely concerned for his father. I think he doesn't want him to die. I think he actually wants to catch Kira. Like, this is kind of strange. Like, I'm starting to, there's, you know, some cracks in my certainty that this guy could be him. Uh, but I, for me, I think I would just go, there's no message here. Like, none of these, this isn't a complete sentence, so I don't think there's a message. But to the point, like, would that make El go, ha you have to be Kira. <laughs> I, because you are trying to evade suspicion, I would just go, I don't think there's a complete sentence here, personally. Uh, but I did like that scene, and I like that he recognized why he was trapped. Because if it was me, I would go, I'm not trapped. All I have to do is say, I don't recognize, there's no sentence here, right? But he went, oh, damn, he got me. I should have said, is this the entire puzzle before I try to put these pieces together? Which I would not have picked up on either, so to be totally fair. Uh, Josh, I can't see you, but I can still hear you. Is there anything from episode 10 you feel like we have to discuss? Uh, the J. Jonah Jameson of Death Note. <laughs> so that's my next question. That's my next direct question. What do you guys think is going to happen with Kira TV? Uh, well, I just want to see more of this guy. Get me more stories of Kira! Like, just... It did, it did feel very <laughs> much like that. Very much get me more Spider-Man. Um... I totally think pitch meetings work like that in media. I have no idea, but I'm assuming that's what it's like. <laughs> a large room with a man yelling th about the things that he wants footage of. Make I something would up. That, that's usually the yeah. SBI meeting rooms for sure. Like, what are we gonna do next we, season? <laughs> that's not true. It is a text message thread where I go, "Have you guys seen this?" And they go, "Ugh, 
no. And then here we are. No, I. I <laughs> You're writing capitals. Yeah. <laughs> I think that the TV thing could could be very interesting. Um, also, uh, I'm excited to watch the next episodes because I want to know. I might go watch the episodes after we're done doing this because I really want to know what's on those tapes. So, really quick programming note. Um, the next two episodes, uh, 11 and 12, will not be televised live to you wonderful folks out there in the ether on youtube.com slash twistmyarmpodcast at 8.30 p.m. Mountain Daylight Time every Friday night. Except for this coming Friday night. We are here tonight, but we will not be here next week. But there will still be Sudden But Inevitable next week. What we're going to do is pre-record an episode, I know. And then we're going to put it out next week, just like we would put out a regular episode. The only difference will be that there is no live audience available for that episode. Now, to make up for the lack of a live audience, we are going to bring you a little bit of what we like to call our friend, the Ultra Nerd. Philip K. And Philip K. is going to discuss those two episodes with us so that we can get a lot of meat out of these episodes because we won't have the live audience to chat with. Now, this is entirely my fault and I apologize ahead of time, but I promise you, you're going to have a good time and it's going to be totally I mean, I'm fun. the one that everything is going to be I'm back the one that normal. got the concert tickets. Let's be honest. I'm going to a concert next it's Friday. It's true. And I Josh is going I have to, to a go concert. see music cuz it's my life and I mean there's he's an emo you know, kid. and it is a totally emo concert. <laughs> now, there is a possibility that the following episode will be delayed by one week, but it will be back to the live format. Uh there's some um, real life stuff happening throughout this entire month uh, that makes putting on a live show slightly more difficult than it normally is for us. And brother, it is usually pretty difficult for us, as you can probably tell. To be so, consistent, at least. I mean, this is... Yeah, we that's, that's the key, is that we want to still have a quality product. We don't want to throw something together where you're like, oh, that was the worst <laughs> SBI ever, right? We want you to go, oh, it's just an episode of SBI. I don't hate it, and I don't love it. I'm just kidding. We want you to love them all, and we know that you do. So uh, that all having been said, we're not going anywhere. We're coming right back. We just have to get through this month, and then it will be a lot easier to make regular shows for you, all leading up, of course, to our celebration of this year's big anniversary for Firefly. We're going to watch back through the series. We don't have the entire thing planned out yet, but we are going to celebrate and with all of you. if you're super bored, there's always Quest Me that'll be live on Tuesdays for the Kenobi series. We'll have all sorts of people, Kenobi, including Jesse will be there, even though foreign? he likes to pretend. Uh, and, you know, Phil will be there. There's all, there's all sorts of people, so Tuesdays. It's true. I, I like to pretend. You may have noticed. <laughs> Josh, is there anything from episode 10 that you have to talk about before we get into our segments for the week, my friend? I think I think we covered it all. Ricky D, do you feel the same way? I think we're good. Callie D, are we incorrect or are we ready to go to our segments? Mm, I would have one thing, if that's okay. Go for it. <laughs> I feel bad. I keep piling things on. Um, this that's what you're here for. <laughs> the scene in the hospital where, um, you know, Kira, well, uh, Light has this whole power speech and, you know, almost has L at the point where he says, okay, this can't be an act, this is way too cheesy. Um, 
after that, even when it's sad to saying that anybody who has the power to use a death note is very, very, it's a very unlucky person and Elsa has something similar. I was just wondering what you guys think of that because, you know, Light obviously doesn't think that way, but how you feel about it. So I don't think it's a luck thing. I think it is a, I do wonder, is it a translation, is it a translation error possibly or not an error, but like a, a loss of nuance maybe because it's like, I could see that person as cursed but I don't know if I would go with like unlucky, right? Because it's like, you still have a ton of power. It's just that you're choosing to wield it in a way that I disagree with. But I don't know if that makes you unlucky so much as it makes you just maybe tragic. I don't know. I don't know if that's the right word for it. What do you think, Would it be think, like Josh? a karmatic thing where karmic? he's... Ka- karmic? Is that the Sorry. right word? I don't... I don't... I was thinking like a, he, he's getting like, what he like deserves he's getting karma. because yeah, yeah. right the more the more he uses it the more bad energy he puts into the universe which is going to be the more bad energy that he receives it seems to be the way that it's going i mean you you think of back to episode 1 and he had just started doing it and the more that he did this the more kind of bad things started happening to him not necessarily bad things but but would you call it unlucky though like kind of i mean he started getting investigated by the F- fbi guy the the wife uh started catching on to things but that's and he had a to consequence that's not an unlucky his, thing like those now are directly his, because of things that he did right and that's what i'm saying karma like he he does these things and it creates a reaction like every Every action you put into the universe causes a reaction right so yeah so if he's doing this stuff Hence why his dad had a heart attack. He's given all these people heart attacks that now it's coming to a head and he's starting to get the karma from all of his actions. You're saying... Not necessarily affecting him personally, but his life in general. You're saying he put too much heart attack energy into the universe. Correct, yes. yes. Gotcha, okay. That makes sense. Uh, Our friend Brittany echoes a point that we have made a couple times now, and I'm not diminishing her point yes please we want to see what happened to the other people in the past who had death notes right. we want to see death notes throughout history we want to know all about every instance that of this right. having happened in human history like, like is it is it like the 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 genie like the jafar genie from return of jafar where where you ask a wish <laughs> and he grants it but it's not in the best way possible he almost said return of the jedi it was like right there and i'm gonna amp that up in the edit so that you can all hear it Really quickly, let's ask Ricky the same question. Is unlucky how you would describe Light, or how would you describe his situation now that he has the Death Note? And keep in mind, you are still muted. Unlucky. He, I've used this word every week so far, but his hubris is mm. so big that I don't think that he will see it as unlucky. I think that he's going to consider this a very lucky thing. And even if it ends up getting him to an untimely death or you know something bad happens like he would have lived a long life without the death note i think he's still going to be glad he had this experience so i i don't think i could qualify his qualify him as unlucky i like i really like rosie's cursed equals unhappy yeah. thing because because curse doesn't necessarily mean you're unlucky or you have bad experiences cursed could mean a number of things and one of them would be you've done so much you've put so much bad energy into the universe or whatever that now you're so unhappy or you've done so much that you can't do anything else to fill that that 
cup. You know what I mean? It's it's like when you when you hit the top of the mountain. What do you do after that? And I could be wrong, but I I mean I've seen a couple of different like with with the subs uh, with the subtitles. Um, depending on what what site you use, and especially I mean nowadays it's I think it's relatively similar. But especially when I started watching it, depending on what site you use, there was a different translation because some of them were fan made. Um, and I do believe there was actually, um, you know, there were different ones, and one of them did actually use Cursed instead of Unlucky, so I think I have seen both of those, actually. So I can't tell you what like it that. would be in Japanese, because my Japanese one semester that I did has was a very long time ago, but yeah. <laughs> well, if you passed, you're ahead of the game as far as the rest of this show is concerned. Our friend Brittany makes a wonderful point. I want a gigapet. <laughs> I don't want the notebook, but I would love a pet Shinigami like Rio. Just, just a Shinigami Giga pet where you just feed them apples the whole time. <laughs> I would probably you and yeah, play death I would games get those with really small apples so that they could do like one gulp, right? Like throw just the whole <laughs> apple over my shoulder. Uh, Kayla says, I wonder if somebody could be kept alive with a death note. Like, X will die peacefully in their sleep at the age of Y and be completely healthy until then. Again, with adding details that we're unsure of, and we know that you can add the details. So, that's a very I believe Ryuk has actually said at one point that whatever he writes in has, like, the cause of death has to happen before their planned death would have been. So that's when somebody wouldn't die. Oh, okay. Because he can see the timer with right. his with his god eyes. He can yeah. So you like, could guarantee that if okay. you had the Shinigami idea. Right. And he really tried to get him to take those eyes. And I guess we forgot to it. mention that in episode nine. He was like, you know. Got, no, we mentioned it. He got a little sleazy with it. But yes, we mentioned it. Now, mm. speaking of mentioning well. things, I'm going to mention our first weekly segment, which of course is called Shot of the Show. Shot of the Show, as you know, is where we share our favorite visual moments of the week, those images that now live rent-free in our heads. Let's have our guest, Callie, go first. Josh, bring up her first shot. Give us the time code, and Callie, walk us through it. It is 10 minutes and 17 seconds into episode 9. Yes. So this is the first moment that um, Light actually sees L. Like, he doesn't know it's L, but this first, that's the first time he sees the weirdness that is our panda L, um, who as people might know, I love. Um, what I really, really like about this, for one thing, is, well, Elle is staring creepily the way he does. But for another thing, that's sort of the first time where you have sort of a comparison between what the two of them are like. Um, like, you just sort of seem right next to each other in the same room. Um, I think the students actually mention that later, that they're completely different and, you know, but that's, sort of, that's the sort of first time you see it and... Yeah, I just love that moment of um, Elle just sort of staring at him from behind. And I got to say, Josh, earlier when you were like, so guys, I don't know if you know this, but this is how I'm sitting. I thought you were going to say I have my toes up on my the edge of my desk. Like that? And I was going to be like, I'm <laughs> never coming to your house to podcast ever. He's so flexible, no matter what. though. Like, that's I, crazy. He, and he is. And that's the thing is like the level of flexible... Uh, must increase blood flow, right? <laughs> Which, in theory, wow. more available blood means better wow. deductive I st- reasoning. I still skills. believe if he would just get up and move around every couple, every like five or ten minutes, he'd probably have more blood flow and more concentration. But that's just you know me as an average. He, this nurse. was before standing desks were popular, <laughs> yeah. so he it, it's it's uh, toes on the desk is how he looks you, like how such a goblin though, like a yeah. something that sits on the a corner of a building in New York. You know, look how big his hands are though. <laughs> 
yeah. compared to like that his feet. terrifying. Like, he, he has big hands. <laughs> he's very he, able to manipulate the environment around him, right? I like this shot. All right, Josh. It reminds me of how I would leer at different girls in high school and middle school. <laughs> wow, Ricky. <laughs> or like at the grocery store last week. No, it, um, it was in, but, a, in a classroom setting. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. No, no more leering now that you're not in a classroom. Right. Gosh, that's weird phrasing. We should probably adjust that. Uh, no more leering now that you're not a high schooler. <laughs> I'm totally that. gonna make a meme now with Ricky's face right here. PSA: If somebody is staring at you like that, just run. Just, just don't even. And the over, over lights face. Right, any girl from high school. I just want to be friends. Ricky, I need you to give me your best smiling face right now. Where is it at? Oh man, on the spot. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. I'll 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 catch that later. Okay, instead of that shot, why don't you give me Ricky's first shot of the show and we'll talk about that instead. Give us the time code, Josh. It's at 11 minutes and 23 seconds. Yeah. Nice. So, I've mentioned a couple of times that I'm really interested in the Shinigami overworld kind of thing. Uh this one particularly got me because we got, you know, a, another close up of a couple more Shinigami and their design is really interesting, but they also seem to be playing poker or some kind of card game. And I thought that was really interesting because what would they be playing cards for? They aren't going to be playing like nickel poker or anything. Are they gambling with their own lives? Are they putting their own years of their lives down? Are they gambling with the lives of people down on earth? Uh, but this is definitely some kind of godly playing with humanity kind of card game is what I got out of it. I like, that. I like that we get chains and bones and like spines. And it's just like in general, it's really creepy. It and is, I like it. It's creepy. I really like all of the Shinigami in particular are one of my favorite things, but those two I like specifically because they're so like, eh, I guess like we'll just chill. We'll just be gods of death, whatever. Everybody's super. Bored. I love this. Uh, they're the mean girls <laughs> of the underworld. None for you, Ryuk. Shame on you, Ryuk. Ryuk doesn't even go here. Okay. We have to stop. Josh, bring up your first shot of the show. <laughs> Give us the time code and talk about it. So mine is at 16 minutes and 15 seconds. I just really love the the contrast of this showing the audience that there's really only two people that matter in this show and it's light and L and one of them is good and one of them is bad, but I feel like these colors don't necessarily tell you which one is which mm -hmm. yet. Um, it, They're just opposites. Right. Right. And it's everything else around them through this whole thing. Everything else around them is in black and white, but they are in red and blue. And so I'm still trying to figure out, like, obviously, right now, I think the audience has decided that Light is the villain. And L is, you know, the hero to bring down Light. But you never know what we could find out in the future. Like, did, did L have some sort of Death Note experience? Did he have something that he did in the past that's making him so adamant about finding these people and being a detective. I mean, uh, <laughs> the, the, the point I'm making is that these are the main characters, but we still don't know what's going on with them yet. 
And it reminds me of a point that Ricky D made last week, which was it always feels like we're getting to the end of this show. Yeah. Like it's almost like, oh, this is going to be the final thing. Like this has to be the last thing, right? There are 27 episodes left, guys. It's crazy. (laughs) Like there are more episodes left of this show than there even are of some of the shows we have watched before. (laughs) Uh, Also, I noticed in the intro, there looks to be another female character that could be important. So that's uh, pretty interesting. I like to... I'm anticipating that. I guess I didn't notice. I've anticipate been, it well, my friend. I've been uh, skipping the intro. I should stop skipping the intro, I guess. <laughs> Damn it. That's uh, not cool, Josh. Um, <laughs> speaking of things that are not cool, if you could bring up my first selection for Shot of the Show. Yes, it is at the 6 minute and 54 second mark. Okay, so this is L's mental depiction <laughs> of Kira, of This is L's mental depiction of what Kira thinks of himself. Like, there are a lot of layers here, right? And that's why we get some of this classical imagery. You have these horses of the apocalypse being led by this god of death who is passing out judgment, divine judgment from above, deciding who lives, who dies, who's good, who's bad. This is how Light sees himself. And then, of course, that face there fades to a skull to indicate that, no, he's just... A form of death. He is nothing more than perhaps pestilence, one of the horsemen of the apocalypse. But he's he's here, he's now has to be dealt with. And regardless of what he actually is, he definitely sees himself as a godlike figure. It's very interesting to see the three horses around him. What do those three horses symbolize? Maybe I'm looking too far into it. Well, they're but. white, they so they're Unicorns, definitely guess, well. They're definitely death, right? Because the the white uh, imagery of death in Japan, uh, death coming on fluttering wings. Um, Do you think they can it, symbolize it, other ex- gods of death, though? Maybe like Ryuk joining, as well as this guy coming down to join to see what's going on. Yeah, like, are there going to be three gods the, of death following light? Yeah, and and interesting that they have wings. You know, surrounding him, much like you, like you said, like Ryuk has wings near light all the time. So, it's it, he's definitely just trying to come up with an abstract concept to explain a thing that is difficult to explain. He's literally in this going, can he just wish people dead? <laughs> if he can, I have to like reevaluate some stuff because whoa, yeah. So that's a huge step right there in that moment. All right, Josh, if you don't mind, give us Callie D's second pick for Shot of the Show this week. Two minutes and 46 seconds. <laughs> right. So this is a picture. Um, they're just, well, they officially they haven't restarted the tennis game, but um, Elle goes ahead and shoots the first ball, and Ryuk jumps out of the way of this, um, well, cannonball, basically. And it's, I have to laugh every single time because it can't hurt him, but he's just kind of like, whoa, what's happening? So I, I just... Took it because I, I I laughed. It's a wonderful shot. <laughs> I must have missed this shot in particular because it caught me completely off guard. I must have been taking a note when this happened, but I love it. It's really quick. I had I actually had to slow the the pace down oh, by sorry. like 25% or whatever. No, no, it's fine. It just it happens so quick. It's it's like the shot right before this where the ball speeds past light and he has no idea where the ball even is. Like it's like one scene, one scene, boom. So Oh, but it's hilarious. Very, and, th- 
and that whole thing is really quickly cut uh speaking of quickly our friend Brittany in the chat says going back to the colors i curi- i was curious about their use of colors so i looked it up mm. i believe red could symbolize power and blue could symbolize purity kind of makes sense with how they used right. it in that scene that right. i agree with you 100 percent thank you blue is generally also considered like an intelligence and security color um look at a lot of banks have that color in their logo that sort of a thing mm-hmm. and uh red could also just be regular style anger for light depending on the given or situation how much blood he right? has in his hands but <laughs> well b- he doesn't sit in the same way that l does so he probably has different circulation sure. going on but, uh, <laughs> but thank you Brittany. that is smarter than most of the stuff that we normally say here at sudden but inevitable so i'm glad that you were able to contribute that i like to us. think we're pretty intelligent around here all right, Josh, go ahead and bring up Ricky D's second shot of the week, if you don't mind, my friend. Thank you very much. Sick burn. Ricky's comes at 15 minutes and 21 seconds. Yeah, this is when L and Light are in the hospital with Mr. Yamamoto. I can't remember uh, Light's dad's name. <laughs> Yagami. <laughs> uh, and it's just very similar to Josh's pick from the last episode. It's the two of them. They're the central characters. It's the coloring of blue and red. And I I like the idea of uh, blue being purity, red being power. That definitely makes a lot of sense. And it's just uh, these pictures of them right next to each other with that color highlighting. It's It says a lot about the show. And it, it just does put them, no matter where they are, on opposite ends of a thing, of a conflict, of a conversation, of a tennis match, of an investigation, of cat and mouse it's yeah i it's a great illustration of all of the layers that exist between both of these characters i love it josh let's go with your next pick my friend it is at 21 minutes exactly and it is the j jonah jameson of death note (laughs) Um, again like this is just him getting so excited to see uh an extremely remarkable story come through his news department um and and the way you know the way the, the lights reflecting off of his glasses and his his evil smile and his just everything about this just screams Jameson JJ Jameson so and that uh, if you've watched anime before out there in the audience the sheen across the glasses of a character is something you will recognize this is a moment of realization this is a moment of power this is a moment of excitement this is usually accompanied by a bit of a so very very excellent very anime pick josh i love it please if you don't mind bring up my next and jesse says that six minutes and 34 seconds Yes. This is probably one of the earlier ones that I have, but this, I will be honest, I pictured Ricky D. I was like, I remember back in high school when Ricky D was playing tennis and everybody would gather behind the school and they would start rooting on and being like, oh, did you hear <laughs> about these guys? D. Which one Ricky am I, though? Ricky D. Ricky yeah, D. Yeah, so um, whichever one you okay. prefer, my friend, of course. Now, I I like that this is a an instance, another anime-style shot, right, where you have the ball animated in three different spots. Mm-hmm. This is actually not a freeze... Uh, this is a freeze frame, but in the, in the live action, in the moving version of this shot, all of those copies of that ball are present. It's to illustrate the absolute speed with which the ball has been smacked. And 
it even deforms when it hits the ground. It's all squishy and flat, mm-hmm. and then it comes back up all oblong, just like a tennis ball. What? I just really I love, like this I shot. love Elle's so. face in that, too. Like, he's really trying hard to win this tennis tennis match. And uh, Is he? I mean, I feel like he is. I mean, they both don't like I losing. feel like, just, just like he said at the beginning of the scene, it's human nature to want to win. So even though he is, you know, trying to be Elle and a detective and figure out the case, he's still trying to win. He doesn't want to let this 17-year-old punk beat him. <laughs> And he has said that he hates to lose, so I can I could totally imagine that. But th- thank you for taking that shot. I, I love that shot. Also, hate to lose. Yes, I. It's you're quite welcome. As soon as I saw it, I was like, it has to be. It. I figured somebody would have it already, but I was first this week. Maybe second. that's exactly why. All right, Josh. <laughs> With that moment, let's go ahead and move into our second segment for the week, which is called Death Quote. <laughs> Death Quote, of course, is the audio counterpart to Shot of the Show. This is where we share our favorite dialogue from this week's pair of episodes. Let's keep the same pattern. Josh, go ahead and play Callie's first pick, and then Callie, walk us through it. And I've come to a conclusion. Our surveillance of the Kitamura and Yagami households has revealed... Nothing. We will remove the cameras and wiretaps. Okay, so you have a slight difference between the Japanese and English one again, but I, in in the essence, it's the same, so that's fine. Mostly, I just really love that very dramatic pause before he says, yeah, everything's fine. Basically, everything's fine. <laughs> and it's just the very audible gasps that are going around the circle beforehand and afterwards. It's, just, it's fun. But I think the big difference here is that, let's just say, as a hypothetical, we're Light the Investigator and L the Suspect. Light would go, so I'm going to leave the cameras there, and it has to be one of them. I guarantee for sure it's definitely one of them now that I have no evidence. <laughs> like, he would be like, this this really makes me think it has to be one of them, and I'm going to keep violating all your civil rights to uh, to prove it. So I, But I do like that, as Ricky said, he's like, I didn't get anything out of it. I'm going to pull it. But I still think that's part of his manipulation, personally. Uh, all right, Josh, go ahead and give us Ricky D's first pick for Death Quote this week. I want to tell you I'm L. I chose this quote because, uh, you know, my thought is L should really be holding back and not telling him right away. This is like the first time they've met and he's already saying I'm L. However, at a certain point, I have to believe that if this guy is supposed to be a you know, genius investigator and all this, he might know what he's doing better than I know what he's doing. So despite this is one of those moments where I'm like, ah, I don't like this. And then I had to go, well, that's okay. You just have to sit with it and watch and see where this plays out. So just because I think it's kind of silly and not the direction the storyline should have gone, it it's something I'm going to have to sit with and let them do their thing. It's so creepy, too. He does it in such a creepy manner. like. So... <laughs> I will say, like, the, hey, guess what? Here's how it is, is a little bit like, uh, <laughs> but if you think about it, it's like, again, he's been in a completely anonymous person up to this point. He's not used to, like, being out in public as far as we know, so there's, like, a couple of reasons that this sort of fits anyway. But I appreciate your your honesty there, Ricky, and I appreciate the point of maybe that's not how you would do it and maybe that's not how you would write the story, but you're willing to push past that. I think that's... Not something that everybody is willing to do, and I think the people that are may find themselves rewarded in the end. <laughs> All right, Josh, 
go ahead and play your first selection for Death Quote this week. No, I'm talking about the human who's keeping Ryuk. Who would want him as a pet? Aren't pets supposed to be cute? <laughs> I would want him as a pet. That's who would want him as a pet. <laughs> And our friend Brittany in the chat would want him as a pet. This is the second pair of episodes we've had in a row where somebody bags on Ryuk's physical appearance. <laughs> yeah. What is the deal? That's bad for him. I don't know. And that's that's uh, kind of the thing. I do too. I feel like they're just picking on him just to pick on him because, you know, he's different. You know, he's, he's got a, a sweet, uh, wh- wh- like he's got sweet clothes on. Vacuous gaze. Know? And like <laughs> his, his like half shirt. That, I don't know, man. He looks good. And he, he's a, he's a better looking Shinigami than all those old fools. That I do not disagree with, actually. I like his design a little better. Um, but to Brittany's point, no wonder he Same. left that realm. The Mean Girls of the Shinigami the world were just making him <laughs> yeah. feel... Yeah, he was completely ostracized at Shinigami High School, and that's no fun. Oh, Fridays, we were like brown. Thick. And about his... <laughs> uh, I thought about his... Because um, he was saying his appearance is pretty good. Um, I just stumbled over... A, small article at one point where it said that initially he was supposed to look a lot more human so um he kind of looked a bit mm. frankenstein-esque because it, but he had sort of similar features that he does now but as a human um and we decided to mm-hmm. go away from that a little bit just to separate him more from humans and not to distract from um light and honestly look that picture because he looks so good he it, it looks it looks great i mean i kind of kind of want to watch the crow now personally um and now you got me maybe now you got me thinking me. that maybe light is the past version of ryuk okay it ha- does it have to be time? star trek okay. man just I play my so just play trek my first pick ruins everything <laughs> i would say it makes everything better but play my first pick for death quote josh please thank you however what if he is one of these people we've been watching if he is, we have to assume that his psyche has reached godlike proportions, punishing evildoers without the slightest change of expression. It almost makes me want to believe that Kira doesn't exist, that this is just the wrath of a vengeful god. So this goes, this pairs exactly with my shot that I picked for the first segment, where it's basically just L explaining, you know, here's what I think is going on, and it's just, I, I love the desperation in the voice. I think the English dub really nails kind of like the, frantic nature of I want to figure this out because people are dying I need to do my job I think they really get that across um our friend Brittany says my daughter walked into the room while I was watching Death Note and she said that Ryuk looks like Fair. the Joker <laughs> I think that fits well he does and laugh like the it's Joker the, I mean, and it's the giant smile right like yeah. it's the smile that takes up three quarters of the face it's not a bad point at all uh but yeah I just I think that this 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 and like I said, this is part of the longest unbroken monologue that we get from L up to this point, and I am kind of a nerd for that, so that's why I picked that quote. Josh, if you don't mind, please share Callie's second pick with us, my friend. I can't take this anymore. Put yourself in my position. How do you think it feels to be accused of being Kira? It was one of the worst feelings ever. I love that the um, English version of that is so much more dramatic than the Japanese one. <laughs> like in, in Japanese, it's just like this feels horrible, and in English, this worst feeling ever. <laughs> but um, and the way that he, the way that the actor, the the voice actor delivers it, I love Elle's delivery on everything. Fifteen love, 
and just the the way that he says things is really awesome. Well he's he's such a good character. And I mean, I like that moment um, specifically. I mean, one on the one hand because you know it's light sort of guilt tripping L and manipulating L again, but on the other hand, also that moment like L listed that he takes that moment to actually pause and think. So how would this feel? Um, I mean, that could also completely be acted, but I kind of feel like, you know, he hadn't actually thought of it until that point, And then he is actually feeling like, what was that? What is that like? He says it was the worst feeling ever because earlier Light said to him, how am I supposed to know you're not Kidda? Like you're sitting here accusing me. So how do I know you're not Kidda? How, how, so then he goes, well, how do you think that would feel? And he's using it as a hypothetical, but L correctly recalls having already been through that and says it was the worst feeling ever. Like when you said that, I felt. I awful. like to think that he just looked up to the sky, thought, "Man, I wonder if so- if someone accused me, how would I feel?" <laughs> it's pretty bad. <laughs> he felt that because I think he felt that because when Light asked him that, he went, "I fully possess all the capabilities and f- and faculties to be Kira, minus the method of killing, because he knows that they're similar. He goes, "We're very similar to each other, so if I had this." Same thing might happen. So that's why he feels terrible, I think, yeah. in that moment. Excellent, excellent pick, Kelly. Ricky, your second pick, which you're not in control of. Josh, you are. Go for it. I don't sit like this because I want to. I have to sit like this. You see, if I were to sit normally, my deductive skills would immediately be reduced by roughly 40%. I just thought this was a funny quote. Uh, last week, we were to, or not even last week, but this week and last week, uh, L does a lot of talking about, well, I'm 1% sure that it's, Kira or oh I'm up to three I'm up to seven uh which is pretty funny uh the idea that he gets 40 percent more optimal blood flow when he's sitting like that it's just all I I have to believe he's correct because he's very sure of everything he's very competent he doesn't say things that aren't true but it also it seems really weird and silly that that's the reason he does it so it was just an amusing part of the episode for me Again, I think it's also possible that it's just a personal preference that he, as like a hyper-intelligent but sort of arrogant person, is like, here's a justification for it that people will always believe. But I think it is a fair point to bring up. Uh, Josh, I believe that means you are next on the, the quoting block. Fifteen, love. Whoa, Ryuga, you sure don't mess around. He who strikes first wins. Yeah, just like in hockey, he who strikes first wins. Um, it has been proven that once the Avalanche score the first goal of the game, which they always do, they will win. <laughs> no. Um, I think like not some crosses. But really, again, it's the cadence, the way this guy talks, and and how he delivers what he's trying to say. It's it's incredible. I love it. Uh, <laughs> Squatty potty. Uh, we'll get we'll get to that. Go ahead, Josh. Fifteen I, yeah. love. Okay. Um. <laughs> okay, we'll get to it right now, Brittany. What are you talking about? Why was the squatty potty I, well, invented? Just, we know look, it's like very popular. Forty percent more just, efficient. Oh, because okay. uh, humans are designed to squat to. Eliminate. I was just thinking, like, yeah. Brittany must have watched the last season of Quest Me because I know Justin has a squatty potty and a bidet, and he has said it. <laughs> That he didn't live in the dream. I mean, I'm jealous. Pretty, yeah. I want to talk to him about his bidet. It's Yeah, man. You know, okay. well, this is becoming a show that I don't want it to so be. Back so to the Josh, cadence. The way talk that about L, your clip or play my clip. The way that L says things just 
I love it. Every time he comes on the screen, I, I'm excited to hear him speak because I'm excited to hear what he says next. It's it's like Callie's pick when when he eats that peanut butter cup and he's like, nothing. You know, he makes it all dramatic and gets to, you know, just says, uh, we found nothing. Like, I'm excited to see more of him now. Like, it's he's very, very quickly becoming my favorite character of this show. I think that is a common experience, not to uh, reduce your personal I mean, enjoyment of it, but I think that is a thing that happens yeah, to a lot for of sure. people. Um, which is which is a great sign because it means that <laughs> it's working. All right, my final pick, if you don't mind, or my first pick. I don't final, know where fine. we are. But before this conversation goes any further, there's something I must tell you. What's that? I suspect that you, Light Yagami, are in fact Kira. Now, if you still want to ask me something, then please go ahead. Again with the cadence. If you want to ask me something, please go ahead. And that, yeah, so that betrays it just a little bit that Light only pauses for like a split second before he goes, <laughs> dude, seriously? Like, me? Light Yagami, the nerd? Okay, all right. But yeah, if that's what you think, like... But he, he has like two steps of hesitation and then he breaks back into, no, I'm totally normal, dude. What are you talking about? And this is this is one of those things where like, the, again, the first time I watched this show, every other episode I was like, <gasps> uh, like it has, it has to go down soon, right? I didn't know how many episodes there were. I was like, things are going to happen. It's going to be the end. It's, I just, yeah. it The tension in this show, if you're not, in the right headspace to watch a lot of tension or if you're not watching with an open heart to accept a lot of tension i think it really takes away from your experience because the tension in this show is what makes every moment so sweet and every payoff so grandiose and every like little slip up feel like a real gut punch where you're like oh i'm part of this thing like i'm super super into this so the music i just i feel like I'm sorry. Yeah. The music does the same thing by building that suspense, and it's it's like uh, it, it sounds like it's played on a xylophone or or something like that, where it's just that that same mysterious tone every time something happens to where you're like, uh, like it's that that beeping beeping kind of noise that I feel like they're just playing the same riff on the on the xylophone over and over, and it's it's wonderful. It really really creates that tension and builds it a lot more. I think one of my favorites is like the, I can't figure out a word for it other than the weird horns. Like when a weird thing happens, one of the horns goes in the background and it's like very disorienting and effective and I really like it. Going to say really quickly hello to Aussie Girl 600. It sounds like it's morning down in Australia. It is evening for us and morning where you are. So thank you for being here with us to discuss a little bit of Death Note. We're right towards the end here. So now that we have finished up with those two segments, we do have one left, and that, of course, is our ratings. Josh, go ahead. I will reiterate, for those of you on the screen with me, please remember, give me one number at the end. If you want to say both of your numbers, that's fine, but give me your one number at the end so that I have a little bit less math to do. Oh, Aussie girl is in Germany. That's not confusing at all, but it is morning there. So Still German. Thank you for bringing along another German uh, international viewer and listener. We appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, let's go ahead and stick with Callie first as our guest. Callie, give us your rating for this week's pair of episodes, please. Well, I'm quite happy to just rate them together as one. Um, I mean, you know, like I said, those are basically my favorite episodes because we get lots of L and we get lots of light and just the two of them coming together. Um, so all in all, that's going to get a 9.2 for me. 
Whoa. Getting specific with mm, the decimals. I like very. that. All right, Ricky D. <laughs> don't take that as an invitation to just put whatever decimals you want, but go ahead and give me your rating for this week, my friend. I will tell you the decimals 8. I intended 7. to. 5. Uh, it's going to be 7.75 <laughs> for the both episodes. Uh, enjoying it, having a lot of fun. I also agree. I liked having a lot of L in these episodes. Uh, it was really interesting to see him actually meet Kira. Uh, a lot of silliness, a lot of fun. 7.75. It was a good time. I like it. Josh, what do you have? What do you think about the meet kidda, meet cute? I'm going with an 8.0 for both of them. Um, mainly because I am excited to finish this series and watch it again. And go through these beginning portions. Like when we get to episodes 30 and 31... I'm excited to come back to the beginning and see how we got to those episodes, you know, because by then we're going to kind of forget about some of this stuff that happened. And I, I, I think originally I wanted to do a 7.0, but the replay value that I'm seeing in my head is bringing that up to an 8.0. I like it. I actually also have these both down as an eight across the board for similar reasons. Just lots of tension, lots of back and forth, lots of board setting. Even we get some confrontation. This feels like the most frantic 22 minutes. The first episode feels like the most frantic 22 minutes up to this point. So with all of that taken into account and all of the math done on a high quantum (laughs) level here, that means that Sudden But Inevitable gives these two episodes an 8.2 out of 10, which is pretty good. I think that's higher than our last couple of weeks, my friends. So thank you for bringing your ratings with me. Now, unfortunately, that does mean that we're getting to the end of this episode of Sudden But Inevitable. But before we get out of here, I think it would be a bad idea if we didn't let our guest Callie tell the good folks out there in podcast land if they want to get a hold of your art on the internet or maybe find you on social media what is the easiest way that they can do that? Ooh, the easiest way would probably be on Twitter. So my um, private Twitter account is at Dali underscore Cali. And then the art account, which we were mentioning, is um, we actually have a little shop, a Redbubble shop that Kayla's and I do together. Um, and the Twitter handle for that would be Adorabubble underscore art. And there is a link for our Redbubble shop on there. And there is a link to that Redbubble shop in the show notes for this episode of the podcast. Just open it up in your podcast player. You'll see the link there. Click on it. It will take you straight to the store so that you can just dump money into it because I know that you plan to do that. Josh, my friend, if the good folks out there are wondering what else you're up to or how to get more a hold of you, what would the answer to those two questions be? Uh, you can always find me on Twitter at TwistMyArmCast. Um, on Facebook, just search TwistMyArmPodcast. You can email me at TwistMyArmPodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can leave us comments at our website, TwistMyArm.net. Um, there's actually a section there where if you can just leave us any sort of comment you would like. Um, but more importantly, QuestMe is coming back in a couple weeks, uh, May 24th. Um, there's a trailer floating around the internets um, that has all of our guests that are coming on we are all so excited to talk about some star wars again and like i said quest me may 24th um, and every tuesday after that we'll be talking about each episode um, as they air on disney plus that uh, 
That being Obi-Wan Kenobi, the series that we're talking about. There's only six episodes. I'm so sad about that. Like we're we're doing a thirty-seven episode series right now, <laughs> and I'm about to get ready for a six part epic. Get out of here. I mean, I don't know who <laughs> runs your podcasts, good. man, but you gotta get in touch with that person because they did not plan ahead. <laughs> That's all there is to that. Oh, I planned ahead. Season five is gonna be so much fun of Quest Me. And I'm I'm telling you, man, if you if, if you like uh theories and and things that that might happen in star wars and things that are connected <laughs> in star wars man season season five is gonna be a lot of fun and if you like reading books come read some books with us definitely definitely check out quest me it is kind of how this whole endeavor got started speaking of endeavors ricky d my friend if folks want to reach out to you on social media what is the easiest way for them to do that yeah you can find me on twitter at best flicks ricky d uh, you can also find me on the Twist My Arm website, twistmyarm.net. Uh, and I'm here every Friday night, except next Friday, uh, doing SBI where we're talking Death Note. So that's where you can find me. And again, Ricky will be here for the next episode. It just will not be live as a quick programming note. So just keep that in mind. It had to be done for the good of the show. Before we get out of here, Callie D, is there anything else that you feel you must say to the good folks out there on the internet? Um, just that you're all amazing and I love being here. Thank you for having me. And I hope everybody has an awesome weekend. I am going to do my dangdest. I'm going to put serious effort into having a good weekend. Thank you for being here with us and for making us sound like we know what we're talking about when it comes to Death Note. And thank you out there in the live chat to Aussie Girl, to Kayliz, to Rosie, to Rona, to Brittany, to Sean, who was here briefly to insult us, to Robert <laughs> from Science Fiction Remnant. I just want to say thank you to everybody for stopping by. It means the world to us that you would spend some of your Friday night with us because we know there's a million other places you could be. So thank you for choosing to make this one of those places. For the sign-off order, my friends, let's go Callie, Ricky, Josh, and myself. So for Sudden But Inevitable, I have been your host, Jesse. I'm Callie. This is Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. And I'm Josh. I have to tell you something. I'm the host of a podcast. Thank you for listening to Sudden But Inevitable. Follow us on Twitter at Sudden But. Find us on Instagram at Sudden But Inevitable Podcast. To get everything all in one place, go to twistmyarm.net slash SBI. And join the show live in the chat at youtube.com slash twistmyarmpodcast. Sudden But Inevitable is a Twist My Arm podcast. The views and opinions expressed on this show are held solely by those speaking them. Netflix has a shuffle button. <laughs>